Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Alright everybody, what's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board here at The Athletic, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller, Casey Joyner are going to take you through our Week 15 Best Bets. Week 15, already off to an interesting start, Casey. Uh, that game yesterday, I mean, if you were in, if you were in, if you were a total better in that game, whether you were on the over or the under, I mean, talk about a roller coaster with all the getting inside the five yard line and coming away with no points. And then the under looking totally safe, even though it shouldn't have been. And then the over cashing and then this game going to, oh, man, it was just crazy, crazy roller coaster ride for uh, total betters. And I mean, if you were a Chargers better, you were right all game, all game until you weren't. And that team just no pursuit of Travis Kelsey and two huge plays. Just a crazy game and a fun way to kick off Week 15. Great way to kick off Week 15 and give the Chiefs a ton of credit and things. Fantasy managers are just as crazy about that game too. If you're Michael <laughs> Michael Badgley owner, I think it is, or the the the, the Chargers kicker, Hopkins. you're just. Sorry, Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Hopkins. Yep, if you're Dustin Hopkins, <laughs> you're just dying because when you put him out there, yeah. I give the Chiefs massive credit though for yeah. for for being that. But if but if you were gambling and things, I picked the Chiefs to win and Chiefs to cover, and so I, I was pulling my hair out till the very end too. So and then I don't understand what's like on the Kelsey play, like try and tackle yeah, guy at least. Right, I know it's right. you know easy for me to say, but I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, it was like the five worst tackling angles anyone on the Chargers has taken all season, and they all happened on the exact same play, which basically locked up first place in the AFC West for the Chiefs. Uh, not exactly the time that you want to have your worst tackling performance as a team of the season, but uh, hey, that's how things go. I was on the opposite side. I was on uh, both Chargers to cover and Chargers to win that game, so I was feeling really good about myself for like 57 yeah. minutes. Uh, and then it just all came crashing down there at the end. But, uh, hey, that's behind us. We're now looking in front of us to week 15. Actually, let's take one quick second to look behind us because, KC, round of applause. A 3-0 week for you last week. Three big favorites. I was challenging you on do you really want to go three touchdown plus favorites and all three of them come through for you a week ago. And let's just go right back to the well, right? Because you're going three more touchdown plus favorites. The smallest team that you're going with this week is favored by eight and a half points. We will save that one for the end. We'll start right in the middle. You've got an eight and a half point favorite, a nine and a half point favorite, and a ten and a half point favorite. All these lines coming to us from BetMGM. Let's start right down the middle there. Your nine and a half point favorite is the Miami Dolphins against the New York Jets. Let's hear your case for the Dolphins laying at nine and a half here. Yeah, it's a lot of points, but... The reason I'm, I'm picking these these big teams is because I'm really looking. I do some power rankings for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I'm really picking the teams that are the worst teams and saying, okay, who are they playing, and, and is it a play case to go against them? Mm-hmm. Jacksonville's the worst team in the league right now, but I'm not going to pick Houston against them, but we can talk about that in a minute. But <laughs> um, 
right now, it, look, the Dolphins will not only go among, among the worst teams in the league. They're not the worst now. Obviously, they run off five straight wins. Their defense has allowed an average of 11 points per game in that span. They've not allowed more than 17 points in a single game. In fact, you take the 17-point game out, they're down around 10 points per game. So mm-hmm. their defense is playing fantastic. I got 11 takeaways in that span. And New York's going to get Michael Carter back, which is great. But they got Zach Wilson under center. They're playing terrible on offense. Mm-hmm. And if you look at their games, too, the Jets tend to lose games, it, it, what they've been losing of late, they tend to lose games by a double-digit point total. And Miami and their wins, other than I think it's four out of five, they've won by at least 10 points. So, I mean, when they win games, they're winning games big, too. I was concerned about the Miami backfield mm-hmm. with Gaskin being out. We were getting news this morning that Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed, two of the running backs, were activated off the reserve COVID list. So they're going to get their big play guy in the backfield back. I just keep looking at it going... I know Michael Carter's going to help, but I just I think that Zach Wilson's going to put up at least a couple picks, and I, and I think he's hamstringing their offense, and I think the Jets will be lucky to score 13 points, and if they do that, I could see the Dolphins score 23. Too many points for me, Casey. I'm not betting the Jets. <laughs> um, I, I'm certainly not making that bet. I'm actually in a pool, a little too convoluted to explain here, but 32 people are in this pool. All 32 people get one NFL team, and you have to pick that team's uh, game against the spread every single week. I have the Jets this year. It has not been fun, but I am taking the Jets in this spot. Um, it just feels like too many points uh, for a team like Miami, as impressive as they've been of late to be laying uh you know let, let's also you know let's let's talk about this win streak for just a second houston yeah. <laughs> jets panthers giants are four of the five teams they did beat the sure. ravens they deserve a ton of credit for that that was a thursday night game it was at home uh so but they'd still you know you can't take it away from them. they deserve credit for beating the ravens houston jets panthers and giants i'm just saying a lot of teams could be on this same five game winning yeah. streak that the dolphins are on right now one of those teams that they did not beat by double digits casey the new york jets a game that they only That's... won uh by a touchdown and you know what i really worry about with um with the the dolphins is it's great that they're getting gaskin back it's great that they'll, they'll probably have savan Ahmed out there too um no jalen waddle is really, I think, yeah. going to be uh, really going to hurt this team. Jalen Waddle has basically been acting as an extension of the run game for them with everything he does. You know, two is racking up these huge um, accuracy numbers, these huge completion percentage numbers, not by bombing the ball down the field, Josh Allen no. style. You know, he's he's dinking and dunking, and it's working for them. I mean, it's I, I say dink and dunk not as a pejorative, even though it's usually how it's used. It's working yeah. for them. It's working for their offense, and so that that's totally fine. But you take Jalen Waddle out of that equation, which we have to this week, and I think things can really change. For the offense, I am not arguing pro Jets. I am just saying too much of a number for me to want to get involved on this game. Okay, <laughs> I get, I get, I can see that the the Jets defense, though, as bad as they are, oh, I it's mean, bad defense, you, it's you, worst you, defense in the NFL. Easily, easily. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I hate losing Waddle. And again, we talked about this last week that you just don't know. We're doing things at Friday morning and, mm-hmm. you, you know, things can change, especially with COVID between now and Sunday. So, but, but I still think they'll be able to manufacture enough offense. I think it's a matter of, I don't think the Jets will get, the Jets could be held to single digit points if they're held to that, you know, or, or you know, like yeah. I said, low in the teens, low teens. Mm-hmm. If they get to that point, now Miami only has to score 23. I could just see them getting it against the Jets. Even. I don't see them getting 35, but I can see them mm-hmm. getting 24-13. All right, well, there's your first pick. My first pick is going to be on a very short dog at home. Steelers plus one against the Titans. I, I, I can't figure this out, KC. What, what has Tennessee done since losing Derrick Henry to be favored on the road against a competent team? I'm, I've been Mr. Fade the Steelers all season long. Go back to August. 
I bet the Steelers to finish in last place in the AFC North, and I still Whoa. feel decent about that bet. But what have the Titans done since losing Derrick Henry to be favored against a team like this on the road? Their offense has been a mess since losing Derrick Henry, and that included the couple of games that they didn't have Henry but still had A.J. Brown, which they do not have in this game. They can't do anything offensively, and like just look back to last week. We're sort of giving them a pass because you know they won that game comfortably against the Jaguars, twenty to nothing. It was never really a game. Urban Meyer's a disgrace. Blah blah blah. All of that, yep. and we're not paying attention to the fact that the Titans' offense looked bad in that game. I, yes. I mean, like genuinely bad in that game, and they still haven't figured anything out offensively. And it's sort of fine for them. They're going to muddle their way through the end of the regular season. They're still a couple of games up on the Colts in the AFC South. They can still win that division, get Henry back, and feel totally fine for where they are in the playoffs. And so that's whatever. But like that doesn't solve anything for them in this game against the Steelers, a team that, despite their ups and downs this year, when they've been fully healthy, which they are, they've played very good defense. Uh, they have had uh, some big plays over these last couple of weeks too like Ben Roethlisberger obviously is not anywhere near what he used to be but it seems like over this last month or so for like a quarter and a half he still puts it together he still looks something like the Ben of old and that's going to be enough I think in this one I like the Steelers to win this game outright I mean it's just a one point spread so obviously if I'm taking them with the one point I think they're going to win but I I like the Steelers a lot in this spot this just feels like a line that is way off and putting way too much of an emphasis on what the Steelers aren't rather than what the Titans are right now. We're Steelers fans in this household. I'll have to caveat all this by saying that, that we're, you know, my, my son is a big Steelers fan. Uh, big uh, back in the day, Jack Lambert, Jack Hammy. He's 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 not. You know, he he watches old Facenda films all the time. So wow. caveat it with that. But uh, so we worry about the Steelers play. They usually play down to their competition level. They play a bad team. They won't view the Titans as a bad team. So you don't have to worry about that. But you're mentioning the Titans. Doing look at some metrics here. The last four weeks, they're in the la- their bottom quarter of the league in points per drive. And their special teams, by the way, they're in the bottom 10% of the league in special teams expected points added over the last four weeks. So their special teams are terrible. Their offense isn't very good. The Steelers, they can run the ball solidly. Najee Harris, is a, they've got an okay run again. Not a great run again, but they can mm-hmm. get it done if you give them that opportunity. Yeah. And you're right. Ben does hit enough passes, and you've got I look at the, I look at the Titans' offense and what do they have in the passing game? Okay, is Julio? I don't know about him, but you still have Claypool. You still have Washington make a big play. You still have Deontay Johnson. You've got enough playmakers there. That, yeah, yeah, I would think the Steelers, if they play to their talent level, which they probably will, would probably win this game. I mean, this like it, it almost scares me. I feel like the Steelers should be like minus three and a half in this game. It, it's it's crazy to me, and so that almost scares me a little bit. But I just I can't go away from it. I think the Steelers. That, yeah, sorry, it's that nine and four record is what it is. Yeah, yeah. As currently constructed, I don't see any argument for the Titans being the better team. When the no. Titans are at full strength. I think they're definitely the better team. But as they are right now going into this game this week, I think Pittsburgh is comfortably the better team. I love this bet. It's my favorite play of the week, Steelers plus one. Let's get on to your next play. It is the Cowboys land 10.5 on the road against the Giants, a team that probably can't wait for this season to end. I'm with you on this one. Again, it's it's, it's not a bet I'm making myself, but if I were forced to make a pick, the Cowboys would be the play. Let's hear why it is one of your three, three favorites. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it again. This is the uh, a matter of the Giants being that bad as much as it is the Cowboys being that good. Cowboys, they've got several injuries in offense, but uh, and but their defense, they've been more reliant on than usual on defense. But they cut Parsons, they've got Diggs. I mean, they're making interceptions. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, mind you. Dallas, when they're relying on the defense, when they can't generate takeaways, they're one and two in games where they have failed to take, generate a takeaway this year. But when they get two or more takeaways, they're seven and two. 
So, I mean, they're really good at that. And I'm looking at going, okay, the Giants, all right, could be Glennon, could be Jake from State Farm, it could be, <laughs> you know, it could be, could be any of the, and their only losses, by the way, those two losses when they're 7-2 and they get two takeaways, the only losses they had were at Tampa and at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're talking, okay, those, those yeah, are could be the really good teams. <laughs> yeah, it could be Super Bowl. So, if they're at, at the Giants, different story. Um I just look at that and say the Giants are probably going to give them a couple takeaways. I The Giants are a banged-up team, and Dallas has more than enough firepower in their offense. I just look at this and go, look, I mean, if you're, if you're going to bench Mike Lennon because you think he's bad and Jake Fromm you think is the better option, and you're going against Dallas and their offense and the way their defense is playing right now, I see Dallas winning this game probably by a couple of touchdowns. I think it's really hard to find a way to get the Giants to, like, 13 points in this game. Uh, right, like I mean, probably no Kadarius Tony again for the Giants. Uh, that passing game just has really no juice in it. Uh, like they are, they are the, regardless of who the quarterback is, it's a bad match for Kenny Galladay. Because Kenny Galladay's not a big separator. He's a playmaker. He's a dude who is a physical receiver, can make big plays. But you need a quarterback like Matthew Stafford who is willing to make those tough throws and is capable of making those tough throws. And the Giants just don't have that, even if it is Daniel Jones. And so that really not it doesn't zero out what Galladay is because he's still a threat and he's still a very talented receiver. But he's nowhere. He is the same player. But the personnel makes him a lesser receiver with the Giants than he yes. was with the Lions. It's just it, – it's a mess. That offense is a mess. And the Cowboys, this is a – you know, Dak Prescott, we haven't talked about it a ton on this show. But we have talked about it a, a bit on our fantasy show. And I'm sure about them Cowboys has talked about it quite a bit. Our Cowboys podcast on The Athletic. Dak Prescott hasn't looked right over the last couple of weeks. I thought that that Denver game was an anomaly coming back from his injury. And then he had a good game immediately after that. But – since then, he really has not looked right. This is a get-right spot. In advance of the playoffs, uh, lock up the division, get this win. This is absolutely a get-right spot for Dak Prescott and this Dallas passing game. I think we see that come to fruition for them in New York this weekend. I'm going to go back to the AFC North for my second pick, KC, back to another short uh, underdog excuse me, in the AFC North, and it is the Cincinnati Bengals going to Denver, taking on the Broncos, two-and-a-half-point dogs, and I like the Bengals in this spot as well. I I think the Bengals deserve a ton of credit for the way they battled back against the 49ers and forced overtime last week. And I want to take you down a quick trip to how that game got to that point in the first place. 10 to 6, late second quarter. 49ers are punting the ball away, Uh, right? 10 to 6, yeah, 10 to 6, late second quarter. 49ers punting the ball away, about a minute and a half left in that game. Uh, Bengals are looking at taking over right around their 40, 45-yard line, maybe going in, taking the lead, getting a field goal, whatever. Muffed punt. 49ers recover. Mm-hmm. That sucks, but whatever. Let's just stop them, limit the damage here, and they do that. Then Von Bell gets a stupid taunting penalty after uh, the 49ers are going to, or excuse me, after the Bengals are about to force a long field goal. First down, George Kittle touchdown. And now it's 17 6 going into the locker rooms at halftime. And they still come back, outscore the 49ers 14 3 in the second half, and force overtime in that game. If either of those things go differently, I think we're looking at a much different game between the 49ers and the Bengals. And I think that this line is influenced heavily by the fact that the Bengals have come up short in some of their big high profile games so far this season. Most recently, that game against the 49ers. Broncos have been running the hell out of the ball. They see a much different defensive front this week in Cincinnati than what they saw last week in Detroit. And that's no knock on Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and that uh, offensive line. They can still get the job done against good defenses, but it's going to be a much different look for them this week uh, than it was last week. And that passing game for Denver really is an issue. I mean, they have not been able to generate any consistent offense all season long through the air. I think that's going to be a problem for them going up against Cincinnati, a defense that you do not want to get into too many one-dimensional games with. So I like the Bengals in this spot. Frankly, I just think they're the better team and that that shows up this weekend. 
They're two and four in their last six, but they're not playing like that. If you look at the uh-huh. metrics and you look at how they perform and to say where are their metrics and things, they're top ten team in the league, and you could make an argument they're top eight, top seven probably. They're playing mm-hmm. that well. You're right. It's just it's some situational things. And the Broncos, by the way, their metrics. If you look at them, they're also a top ten caliber team, but they're more limited. I can't agree with you more on that passing game. Cortland Sutton, many you know, fantasy managers. Dying with him, yeah. Judy though has not been doing that well. Yeah, fans not doing that well. I mean, they're they're not getting production out of really anybody, and that's it's great to get the ground game production that they're getting. But I think that you're going to get Joe Mixon. He he was he missed all his practices last week mm-hmm. because of a non-COVID illness. So he should be back this week, back to his regular form after this two-game slump. And if he's there, he can match their ground prowess. And you still have Jamar Chase is showing up finally last week after a couple weeks where he was after like a month where he wasn't he was okay, but yeah. he wasn't what he was earlier. Now he's looking like that rookie of the year candidate. Again, you've got Higgins doing well, even Boyd's doing okay, and CG Uzoma is an underrated tight end too. So I just I like their firepower. So yeah, I'm probably with you on this one that I would think the Bengals the Bengals are playing a lot better than people are giving them credit for, and I think the Broncos are the more limited team. Yeah, it should be a, a pretty fun game, I think, between these two teams. And again, like like almost every meeting between two AFC cross conference cross cross division teams, a huge game for that AFC wild card race. But give me the Bengals. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, KC, one more pick a piece here, and you are going to that team that took down the Bengals last week, the San Francisco 49ers, returning home to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Eight and a half point favorites here. 49ers looking like a little bit of a sleeper in the <laughs> NFC, KC. I think they are. They're playing really well. Um, they're also a team they've shown when they, they've got to win the turnover battle to win. They're five and they're one on the right side of that ledger. They're one and two when they tie, and they're one and four when they lose the turnover battle. So, but that bodes well against Atlanta because Atlanta's only won the turnover battle three times this mm-hmm. year. That's all. They've only won it three times. And the thing is, the San Francisco, even if they don't gain victory via that method, can also go the high score route because they scored 26 mm-hmm. or more points in five of their past six. Atlanta's only posted 20 more more than one of their last five. They've been talking right now, the Cordero Patterson. Last week, it looked like a platoon between him and Mike Davis and thinking, okay, well, maybe Mike Davis is playing better. He played kind of mediocre this year. He's playing better, but now it turns out that they're managing Patterson's snaps. So it's like, okay, well, they've wore him down. Davis is not a good break game breaker. Mm-hmm. I don't like where they're on their passing game. I think San Francisco can move the ball through the air, and I do think that they're going to be able to win that turn over battle and yeah I, I just I like those elements for that and I think Atlanta is just not a team that's going to handle some teams could play well later in the season if you're a power team you do tend to do well later in the year I just don't think Atlanta is a power team and I don't think you're going to handle a power team very well so I add those elements together and I just think San Francisco is going to get a pretty dominant win yeah this is a you know a game that they absolutely need if we're right about them being a sleeper and I think that they've put themselves on an island in the NFC not quite with the top five teams that have been the top five teams all season but clearly ahead of the you know Minnesotas of the world and I mean hey Atlanta six and seven like they're they're in the hunt here too it's ridiculous <laughs> that one of these Atlanta or New Orleans or Minnesotas is going to get into the playoffs uh thanks for the 17 playoff I really yeah. really need that uh but 
I like this one also. Again, not not a play I'm going to make this weekend, but if forced to make the pick, Kansas, or excuse me, I, I see KC down there. Uh, San Francisco <laughs> would be my selection here. I'm going to wrap things up with a pick that I feel like I'm tempting fate with KC. Saturday mm. night, Colts and Patriots. This is going to be an awesome game. I really think yes. this is going to be a fun game. Colts are two and a half point favorites. I think they win this one, KC, by more than a field goal. I, I think that you know they can they can do what the Patriots do better than the Patriots do it. I think that they can make the Patriots uncomfortable in this game because of Jonathan Taylor, because of the front that uh, Indy possesses. I think they can control the game. I think Indy's offense can control the game. And New England has, you know, they've they've crushed some bad teams on this very impressive win streak that they've put together. They've beaten some good teams, but they haven't seen a team that's quite a mirror image to them like Indy. They are looking at a team that can beat them at their own game. And I think that the game they had a couple of weeks ago against Buffalo is instructive. Obviously, weather was a huge, huge factor in that game. And Buffalo, as good as they are, just not built to play that yeah. style of game. And so they were able to overwhelm Buffalo in a way that Buffalo just isn't able to measure up. The Colts are very comfortable playing that style of football. And the Colts are the first team that puts together being a good team and being comfortable playing the way New England wants to play uh, for any team that the Patriots have seen in this entire streak. So I don't think this is a game that the Colts run away with. I don't think this is a minus two and a half game where I'm kicking my feet up at halftime and already planning on how I'm spending when I'm winning on it. (laughs) I think this is going to be one that comes down to the wire. But I think... You put together Jonathan Taylor, you put together the Colts offensive line, you put together Carson Wentz being able to make enough plays and the Patriots and the Colts uh, defense being able to do enough also. And I just think that this is a game that the Colts are very comfortable playing the way the Patriots want to play. And that's the first team in this entire last two months of football the Patriots have played that we can say that about. Jonathan Taylor makes the difference. Ignore this Wisconsin sweatshirt. It's got nothing to do with it. Just pretend I'm not even wearing it. But I do think that he is the big difference maker. He and that offensive line for the Colts are the difference maker and what puts them over the top in this one. Yeah, it, it, it's it. I you don't need to be a Bucky fan to be uh, to be a Jonathan <laughs> Taylor uh, fan. The thing that troubles me about the game, I like. I mean, I'm with you because uh, uh, the Colts are third in my power rankings this week, and the Patriots are first. So I mean, they they can go toe to toe, and I mm-hmm. love the power running game, and they've got an opportunistic defense, and they'll, they'll they don't have any problem going smash mouth. If anyone wants to play smash mouth, fine. Colts will do it. My concern, and this is I think where it's what it's going to come down to, is I see Belichick versus Wentz, and I go. I don't, I don't, you know, like Wentz has done such a Can we a trade Nick Foles to Indy really quick? Yeah, exactly. Can, can we do Get something Nick, there? Nick Foles and Frank Reich back, the magical <laughs> duo against uh, against Bill Belichick. <laughs> For one game would, would be nice, because I just worry about that. Wentz has done a great job of protecting the ball this year yeah, as compared yes. to past years. Mm-hmm. But he's still Carson Wentz. Having said that, it's Mac Jones, and it's okay. This is the big, you know. You played Buffalo, but they had to throw mm-hmm. the ball three times. I mean, you weren't yeah. you weren't right. asked to do much in that game, so you may asked to do a whole lot more against a pretty good defense. So mm-hmm. whoever makes more mistakes there, I think, is going to be the key. I could see Carson making more mistakes in some yeah. games, but I could probably see New- the the Colts. I could see him making fewer mistakes um, more times than not because again you're talking a rookie and there's mm-hmm. you know there's certain things that Jones just had like I said there's certain pressures he hasn't been asked to do at the professional level that uh, I think it could be a problem for him so not a bet I'd make but I can see why the the Colts would be I could I could definitely see them taking this one by at least three. Yeah, this is uh, both teams coming off a bye this week, and that's what gives me the tiniest bit. Uh, not the tiniest bit. This that's what gives me pause in this one is just Bill Belichick off a bye. Two weeks to prepare for this. Two weeks to study what the Colts have been doing. That's certainly um, you know something to be thinking about. But Frank Reich, in his own right, like you give him two weeks to he like he's not an idiot. 
You give Frank Gregg no. two weeks to go back into the lab and know that I've got to come out with a wrinkle that Bill hasn't seen on tape yet. I think he can do that too. So this is going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Uh, a Saturday night, a great way to uh, to you know right in the middle of your weekend after whatever you get into tonight. Just throw this one in there. It's going to be a very fun game. Maybe the game of the week uh, with the Colts and Patriots getting together. And we've been saying that for a long time. Colts and Patriots get together, but this is not Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Colts and Patriots. It's a different look, but still should be a very fun game on Saturday night. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Best on the Board. Thank you so much for joining us. Whether it's just uh, with your ears or here with your eyeballs on YouTube as well. We greatly appreciate it. For KC, I am Michael Beller. Good luck this weekend. As always, happy betting. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.